It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. You see? I can learn. He does bait you, doesn't he? Like, I mean, he ends that number, and then he just jumps right back. You know? It's a pause. It's the yeah. pause in there. But you know what? I should be smart enough to learn. At least that time I didn't. Uh, Bryce looks at me and smiles every time like, you're going to be stupid this time? No, at least this time we got it under control. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio reminding you the Oilers will give you an opportunity for what we call the Blitz Upgrade at every Oilers game. It's a home game. If you buy seats, no matter where, but especially those high up, less expensive seats, we're going to call seat numbers during the game take some people from up there put them right down by the ice it's called the blitz upgrade here from the blitz and the tulsa oilers all right 757 thank you on our text line to 918-262-5072 the neuropathy treatment clinic of oklahoma text line where rod texted in we had just looked it up but thank you rod it was matt rule nebraska who said you know what's going to take a million to get a quarterback and then <laughs> bryce as you said they just flipped the kid from georgia and yeah likely he's going to be making that much mm-hmm yeah, I think so, and that's that's the thing is he un- he understands exactly where this game is headed, both in the portal and just getting guys out of high school in that traditional concept, you know. Yeah, and imagine too, and I made this point to Bryce. You know, I'm going to tell you about another guy in a second who I greatly respect, but imagine too if you're on a team like Nebraska that has struggled and struggled mightily lately, and they of course we all know about their history and past. We all know how good they have been. But that doesn't matter anymore. And those players are retired and some dead. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same thing. So when a guy like Matt Rule says it's going to take a million to get a quarterback, and then they go get a guy who they might end up NIL paying that much, because you have a history is one thing. But because you haven't been very good, how much can you pay the other guys? And at what point in the locker room does that become an issue? When one guy's making it all, especially a guy who hasn't even played yet, and I don't know what he's getting. I don't have any clue what he's getting. I don't know what anybody's getting up there. You you dig in it and look up. I'm just saying normally in a situation like that where there's one superstar or one guy who's really focused on, much like when it was Spencer Rattler early at Oklahoma, one guy's getting everything. How does it affect them? How do they treat everybody else? And how does everybody else take it? Because even if most teammates are like, hey, good, man, that's great, because as long as we win, there are going to be guys who don't feel that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, since Rattler had two cars before the yes, season started exactly. once we got into NIL. And so it's like if you are a solid player but there is one guy getting all the attention, mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day you're going to have to make a decision, right, yep, on what's think. best for you. Well, the guy I'm talking about is Kyle Whittingham at Utah. And we all think of Kyle Whittingham, at least I think. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I am. <laughs> that happens a lot. Uh, we all think of Kyle Whittingham, I believe, as a very down-to-earth, level-headed, tough, hard-nosed, old-school guy. Seems really nice. He never jumps on anybody. I'm sure his practices are rough, blah, blah, blah. But he seems like a guy who really likes football the way it was. I mean, that's that's a guy who wanted to go back to recruiting high schoolers, you would think, right? Well, Whittingham, whose Utah team has been really good, obviously, and when they come into the Big 12 next year, it'll be really fun. He says, you know, I think it's going to take about $7 million to build a roster. And that's a guy who, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't talked to him personally. I can't imagine he's a big fan of all this. And he's at Utah where they have been really good. And we know that when Cam Rising comes back, they value him at about a man and a half a year alone. Now, this is his seventh year in college football, and he's been really good. He's also been really injury prone. If you value him at a million and a half, how much do you get out of that if he plays, you know, and this year, nothing. 
Mm. So, you, you, you know, how much is that? It's kind of like going through Von Miller's tackles. You know, he got paid <laughs> $2.9 million a tackle this year. Bring out the check every time he makes a tackle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so how does that go from there? But I mean, the reason it, it got me is Willingham just doesn't seem like a guy who's into hyperbole or he's into, you know, okay, I'm going to make a splash here so we all pay attention. We know their guys got the trucks because there was somebody who came in mm-hmm. and, you know, all the every player gets a truck until they leave, whatever. But if, if it costs $7 million at a pretty traditional school that's won a couple of I mean, they won two, you know, Pac-12 titles in a row before this last year and, and Washington's win, and then has been in the conversation. Yeah. At a place like that, $7 million a year to build a championship-level roster, and he said NIL is non-negotiable to winning. Mm. It, I, it just For a guy like him, I would expect that out of a newer age coach. Yeah, I, I would too. But I think he's one of those guys that, like you said, has run his pro- program pretty traditionally, has recruited okay, but developed at a high level. Mm-hmm. And I think that he probably was, you know, um, very hesitant about the NIL age. I would think. But, even- but eventually, you, you have to get there to go. It's not going away, and we have to adapt. And like you said about, you know, the donors that they've gotten where every scholarship player gets yeah. a, a nice truck and th- things like that, he, he's learned that you have to adapt because it just doesn't stop. No, no. matter what level that your program is mm-hmm. at, no matter how much you can get Utah to being in that new level to compete with the Blue Blood programs, you have to stay at it. And I think probably, hopefully, some of that would be strategic. We're going to the Big 12. We're going to have to get even better. This was a really good year in the Pac-12, but we know that the previous years in the Pac-12, many of the previous years were okay, but they weren't great. They certainly weren't. You wouldn't have ever looked out there and said, man, you know, early in this year, you looked out there and said, that's the best conference in football. When's the last time you said that? It was a long time. It was when USC, mm-hmm. UCLA, and Washington were all, and Oregon too, for that matter, were all at higher yeah. levels. You didn't say that very often, and you said it in the last few years. Now, this year, they early especially were really good. But the couple of years before that, for Utah to win a couple of titles with a, with a building Oregon team, it's always, I mean, they've, they've made championship appearances. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're, you know, a drudge or anything yeah, like that. Be- beating USC at the end, at the end <laughs> mm-hmm. when it, USC just can't tackle anything. Anything, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so which, it was yeah. a little bit better. Which is kind of USC. <laughs> uh, I, I think this might be a kind of a shot across the bow. Look, if you want us to go to that league, because the Big 12 is a grinder, and you want to go to us to go to that league, and you want us to be consistently good, this is what it's going to take, and that's just in football. Yeah. Now you got to spread that around to everything else. Now, I don't know whether that $7 million, so all those trucks, I mean, there's a valuation to those trucks and what they are. Mm-hmm. You take that valuation for a year, and that's part of that. Or if he's talking about pure, purity old cash mm-hmm. NIL deals to people. And as much as we hear about NIL, like I've mentioned this before, you know, we heard all that about A&M's NIL, and then many of those players said, we never saw a penny. Yeah. Never all, saw all anything. You, all you guys thought we were just getting paid left yeah. and right. And, and, yeah. Now, I'm sure some guys did, but many of those guys who were those big five stars said, I never gotten anything, which is why yeah. one, of the, one of the reasons why it's splintered and gone. I mean, the more you read about Jimbo's tenure down there, it was as though someone gave a child all the candy they could have and the child took that candy and went into a room and chose not to ever deal with anybody else until they were done with the candy. Mm-hmm. And they gave him all that money. They gave him all that power. And they gave him that extension after the Orange Bowl win in a COVID year. And he just went off the reservation. There's no governing. No, I mean, <laughs> the dude just kind of went off and did what he did, wanted to do and didn't, you know, he wouldn't show at team meetings. And, hey, where's coach? Oh, he's in Florida. He took the private plane. Mm-hmm. And he, didn't, he left no instructions on what to do. He's just not here. 
you know, and his, his relationship or lack thereof with coaches and players and fans, for that matter. And it just – guys can't do that. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham's not that guy, but he wants to build $7 million to give any – I mean, to me, $7 million out of Utah, that's probably about right. Because quite honestly, I'd never thought, had you, to put a number – on what it really no. would cost to have a top-level program? No, I haven't really thought to put a number. I thought that maybe what what you'd want it to be, what you think would be safe, but in terms of it really being obtainable, I, I haven't thought about exactly this is obtainable and this is what can bring us automatic success. I'm I, I had I had someone ask me. I mean, and you know, now that I've heard the seven million figure, you can say all day, "Well, that you're just going off that." Maybe I am. I don't know. But had someone asked me, I think my initial number would have been ten million. Yeah. At a place like, you know, that or even bigger, obviously, if you go to the OUs and the Bamas and the Texases and all those and the Georges, I would think in that range. You can start to find out what some of these things are. And I, I we have to find out there has been the last couple of years, there's been an NIL and kind of an athlete's representative collection gathering in Atlanta. I think it was June or July. And at one point, we wanted to go down there, but then that was, I think it might have actually been July. Uh, and that's when all the media days were happening. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a, we weren't able to go. But we did talk to the, the, the organization putting it on. And for them to be able to go through, uh, a, a, you know, an entire weekend like that and help all those athletes who want NIL, and in some cases having actual NIL opportunities there. Now, there are legal things you have to do and you can and can't do. But having kind of a, the, the way to mix those, I'd love to be able to see to them, okay, this was two years ago when we talked to you. How's it changed now? And where yeah. are we headed now? And I, I still have the question, and I'd like your response at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. My question to you. So if you have a, a team with a player like a Caleb Williams who's making a million, a million and a half, and he's got all these deals. Now, to be honest, I never saw him flaunt it, but I – don't you know? I don't live out there. I, we just see the headlines, and you've got one of those people, and that's the only athlete on your team making that kind of money. Do you really expect everybody else to be happy? I I, I do. I wonder about that. You know, in the NFL, everybody makes money. We know some guys make more. It's a business. We get it. In college, it's still not kind of supposed to be a business, even though it is. And you're going to have some people who truly believe they deserve. When they see other people making it, and that causes split locker rooms. And I mentioned this once, and I'll say it again. I'm not going to tell you the player, <clears throat> but there was a player this year getting off the the airplane with a team I was with, and we're walking down a hallway to go to a road game. And this player says, "I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting tired of doing this without being paid." And quite honestly, the player, if I were to pay him fifty bucks, yeah, not worth it. Not really the price that he was looking for. No, no. I'm well. I don't know what he's looking for. I just know that More if that's that. yeah, if that's your opinion, if that's your attitude, yet you really haven't done that, mm. and that's going to happen in locker rooms around the country. Head coach's biggest job, in my opinion, they're going to have to fundraise, but they have a lot of people to help with that. They're going to have to keep locker rooms together in a time when you know, there was a time when everybody had the same scholarship. And, yeah, guys got attention because they were scoring touchdowns. Others did not. But it was okay. We were all in the same playing field, if you will. Now it's going to be just like in the NFL where that guy's scoring touchdowns and making a lot of money, and you're over here working your tail off, and you probably and you might be contributing. 
just not making the same. It, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? About the strategy that you have to have while coaching and, you know, in terms of really coming down on a player because all of those uh, things can factor in that open door, that bigger and better opportunities. Yep. I mean, it all factors into how you have to handle your coaching strategy. To me, that's going to be the biggest thing about being a coach moving forward in college athletics is you have to be able to keep locker rooms together when things will be dissimilar. Not just personalities, which we all know about, but when I'm talking dollars. And I think that's a real challenge moving forward. If you're in a Georgia, if you're at Alabama, if you're in Oklahoma, if you're to Texas, I get it. You do have some advantages because of just the program itself. But trust me, there are going to be guys who don't care. All they care is where the dollars come from. We got And Rod texted us back at 918 He said, Dylan Riel is going to cost him more than that. <laughs> yeah, we know. That's the first <laughs> yeah. thing Bryce said to me as well. You know, that kid, they just flipped. That's going to cost them that or more, which was that was kind of my point, Rod, is you get to a place like Nebraska where you haven't had that success lately and you pay a guy like that, what's the rest of the team going to think? And you might think if you come out and you just start winning, the rest of the team will be fine with it. I don't know anymore if that's the case. 809 on the Blitz 1170. All right, when we come back, something is happening to college football that has not happened in the first nine years of the college football playoffs. And I'll tell you what that is. It's a nine. It's eight ten here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Rick Corey here along with Bryce Hulse in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. Let me uh, tell you why I want you to be a part of Overhead Door Company of Tulsa Commercial Divisions Service Program. Because like me with my scuba business, if that door doesn't work, I can't get gear out. I can't get students in. I, I can't function. We can't make money. End of story. And so your commercial door, be it an overhead door or any kind of door, must not only work, in many cases, it's got to look nice, right? You might actually have a storefront thing there. Because remember, when I say commercial doors, they're not all big overhead doors. They're all kinds of commercial doors. Now, they specialize in everything commercial, but they do a lot of big overhead doors because it's not easy to do. And that's a different monster than that regular old garage door. It's built differently. It's made to last longer. The openers are different and closers. And that thing's got to work all the time. And... You need it to protect your employees and your stock. Now, if you need one replaced, this is the no-brainer. You know, Five decades of experience doing overhead doors and commercial doors will tell you that Overhead Door Company Tulsa is the best place to do it. But as importantly as having them on your side for a service contract so that when you start to hear those things, you know, that creak and that groan, or you start to notice some leaking or how cold it is right up next to the door, have them come out when a service contract is yours. They'll do that. You can have them do it anyway, but on a service contract, it's going to be faster and easier. They'll come out there and they'll do the adjustments needed. They'll do, you know, they can help you fix seals. They can help you insulate your door. They can do all those things. And they can do it for anything. If you have a kind of door that goes up and down in a van, that thing doesn't work. You can't get things out of there. I mean, it really is simple. You need them on your side and you can find them at overheaddoortulsa.com. There's no of in there. It's overheaddoortulsa.com. Once you're there, you'll see two sites. Just simply click on commercial. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
The Oklahoma City Thunder were big winners over San Antonio Spurs last night, 140 to 114. Shea Gilgis Alexander had 32 points, 10 assists, but the focus is on the battle of the bigs. Chet Holmgren had 17 points, 9 rebounds for the Thunder. Victor Wimbanyama had 24 and 12 for the Spurs. The Arkansas Razorbacks never led in their blowout loss at Ole Miss, 77 to 51. It was the fifth double-digit loss for Arkansas in conference play. Arkansas only made 17 of 51 shots from the field and had 14 turnovers. They'll host sixth-ranked Kentucky on Saturday. And Michigan Wolverines head coach Jim Harbaugh is leaving the school to be the next head coach for the L.A. Chargers, the team announced yesterday. Harbaugh's deal was for five years. Harbaugh's play, Harbaugh played for the Chargers for two seasons in 1999 and 2000. He hasn't coached in the NFL since 2014. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Woods 1170 and streaming on the Woods 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Folks have done that on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. As a matter of fact, Byron just texted. I'll get to that in a second. I want to get to what I said we'd do is that we were headed to the break, and that is um, something happened or is happening right now that in the first nine years of the college football playoff has never happened. Of the four teams in the finals, three are missing their head coach. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it really is. You don't, I mean, you know who's gone, but you don't sit and you know, take time to go, wait a minute, there were four guys there, three of them are gone already. I mean, we see openings in college football, and you sometimes see does it, openings. Does it still count if one of them goes to the other school that's also in the playoff? Does <laughs> well, it go back no, to two? <laughs> no, because it's not the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I thought that's that, you know, which you, you might know in the back of your head, but when you actually hear it, Put like that, and you're like, oh my. I'd not even thought about that. We see, you know, guys in big programs leave sometime. Lincoln Riley left. Mistake. Well, not for Oklahoma. Anyway, uh, you don't see it a ton. And you see three out of four. That was, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Also, the cheapest ticket right now to the AFC title game, Kansas City, Baltimore, yeah. $1,526. Fifth, now, if you've got an NIL deal, it's no big deal. But $1,526, meaning Taylor Swift's box seat will be worth even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you, you might wish that it was negative uh, 27 or something again so that price would drop, right? Now the question <laughs> is, will Jason Kelsey show up again? Oh, he has to. He's well, already, he's, he's, he, come on, he set the bar so high, right? Well, so I guess uh, to, to Kylie, <laughs> it's low, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually, we're going to play that again. The Kelsey Brothers podcast, they, uh, they covered Jason's exploits in Buffalo. And, and Buffalo, you know, Bill's Mafia, which we hear a lot about, Jason Kelsey, and you'll hear him say this, has fallen in love. Mm-hmm. And they fell in love with him, even though his brother's scoring touchdowns against them. Okay. They, they fell in love with him, and he endeared himself, and we're going to hear a part of that coming up after 8.30 this morning. Also, there was something really kind of fun. I had not seen it until later. Did you see the TikTok, Twitter, the video going around? They went to um, an elder care center in Baltimore, and they asked the people there to welcome Taylor Swift and tell her what to do while she was in Baltimore. And it's as sweet as it can be. And I want to play it for you okay. now. And we'll do that after 830 as well. And not only that one, but someone also had a retirement center full of ladies who were doing chair workouts, you know, older ladies doing chair workouts, all of them dressed in Travis Kelsey jerseys and all of them admitted Swifties Ooh. who were doing workouts to Taylor Swift music. We're in Kelsey's video. Nice. Now to that, it's a, that's a complete visual. 
because it's the ladies and they're wearing the jerseys and all that, so I could play that and that you wouldn't get anything out of it. But I'm telling you, look it up because it was really fantastic. And I think the uh, the folks in Baltimore are telling Taylor what to do. They are so earnest about it. They're so honest about you know here's you know like like she's gonna roll in and have time or decide to want to go do this or that she doesn't carry with her everywhere she goes an entourage and a following. If she went anywhere, they would. It would be un- in goodness. Oh, it'd be in- ridiculous. I mean, as yeah. it is, they have to drive her inside the stadiums and blah blah blah. But it was still very sweet, yeah. and I want to play that coming up in a little bit as well. And I've got the uh, Lamar Jackson when he was asked about, and you know, you expect the answer. Someone said, "Hey, what do you like about playing against Patrick Mahomes?" You might be surprised by his answer. All right, but I want to get back to what Byron just texted because we were talking about NIL and, and what, in my opinion is an era where coaches have to be more psychologists really than anything. He says, how's the environment today different than the era of $100 handshakes when freshmen couldn't play and not get anything? There's always been money in the game. Someone has always been upset about something, and he's got something in all caps. You're right. Absolutely, you're right. Someone's always been upset about something. But as I responded to him and told him, having been in locker rooms now for 42-plus years, I have seen a distinct change in attitudes, which you expect. I, had I been in locker rooms 40 years before that, up until when I actually started, I would have seen changes. Yeah. The changes I'm seeing, though, are, and he's right, there were times, not everywhere, but there were times when, you you know, we've all heard the stories of the boosters who would give a guy a job keeping alligators out of the gym. And that's how he'd pay him his 100 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we laugh, but it's true. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff happened. And, and, you, and now coaches, at least some of them, are a little more willing to kind of make fun of that and talk about it. And so, yeah, there were boosters who would shake a hand and there'd be money in it. I get that. Hundreds. And then when they got past that, then you got to SMU, which was, as you know, a disaster and destroyed that program for a long time. But there weren't millions. No. And there wasn't the public knowledge of the millions. That's the thing is, I think that's the most relatable part about that text is now we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now it's legal. Yeah, now it's legal. And again, you're not getting it to this extent but it's um a lot of people hate the term wild wild west you know that, that's where the college athletics is heading but come on that's that's kind of where it is it's a full-on race it's a cage match yeah you better have your head in a swivel and be able to beat up somebody it's a cage match and and you're literally going to get beat up if you don't and so byron i understand your point but i do think it's different for a couple of reasons there's way the hell more money involved now and we can be public about it which means all those players watch your guy roll up in a brand new car or all those players watch your guy come in with his third set of beats this week, or whatever it is, where his NIL deal is, and that creates, in my opinion, even more. Some of that, you know, behind the scenes handshake stuff, other the other players on the team didn't know about. Yeah, yeah I mean, they really didn't. I mean, some did, sure, but not everybody. So I, yeah, everybody. Someone's always been mad about something, absolutely. But I think they have bigger reasons to be, and I think the attitudes have shifted enough towards well, what's what's in it for me. Then you know when I first started this, and again I'm not going back to the you know in the good old days, but it's just what it was. There was a lot more of a team thing, and if you're a really good coach, you can still create that, which is what I think Harbaugh did at Michigan. Those guys yeah. wore all those free Harbaugh shirts, and you know I got really really tired of the us against everybody shirts that everybody wore for a while, because that was one of the brands who came out with that, and then everybody yeah. wore it. You know, and it became an everybody thing, and then yeah. for Michigan specifically, it was like you guys created the situation, yes, right? <laughs> but still, as a really good head coach, when the situation is created like that, you point the blame somewhere else, and you collide, and you get your guys together. 
Hell yeah. And some guys can and some guys can't. And Harbaugh was able to do that. You know, it wasn't the same. But, you know, when it, that the reason I hated that T-shirt is you can't wear that shirt at Alabama. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> and we've had people, you, you'll hear athletes after a game say, you know, nobody believed in us but us. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're at a high-level program. And at Michigan, they had all this stuff that happened. And then, yeah, he was able to get them to all believe that they were the one and the outside forces were the evil. And then that's what they're going to go do. And then they played like it. They played together. They played hard. Played their tails off for him, and that mentality, being able to do that, and maybe he meant to, and maybe he's just so damn quirky. It just happened. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Yeah, I think that's very well a possibility. Oh yeah, I mean, I would. You know, Keith Burns was here at Tulsa. Keith had an amazing personality. There is no chance you could be in a room with a guy and not like him. I, it, it was just it was electric. I mean, he was a hundred thousand miles an hour. He was everything he said was a claim of what, when something's going to happen or something's best or blah, blah, blah. And you'd leave a meeting with Keith and you'd be ready to go outside and jump off a building because if he told you you wouldn't die when you hit the bottom, you'd do it. Uh, but unfortunately, it was all hyperbole and none of it ever happened or came true. And then that turned against him, obviously, a little bit later on. And I don't have any bad feelings for Keith. I just, you know, at one point you realize, wait a minute, we're being sold a bill of goods here. And then that's just what that's, that's what had happened. You know, and, and some guys... Or that way. Others do what Harbaugh has done. Now, Keith, because he was so kind of wacky, early on that energy really fired his team up. But then later on it became a problem as he took that a little bit too far, especially in, I mean, in my opinion, he lost the team, in my opinion. Um, well, El Paso partially, Arkansas State as well. At San El Jose. Paso just, it's either really good or really bad <laughs> yeah. for the stories that you bring up. It's always this in yeah. El Paso or we won this in El Paso. Well, that's where Doug Wojcik lost his team too, at, yeah. specifically at one practice. Mm. I'm sitting there watching and listening to what was going on and then – Ben Uzo was standing on the court. Jerome Jordan was standing on the court. Justin was on the court. And this is a, a walk through the day before. And there had been a recruit out of Phoenix who was really highly recruited. And this kid was, you know, there, there at the walkthrough, as I said, the practice the day before. And I can't remember the name. But there was a point guard at UTEP, and that's when they were really good under Tim. Uh, I can't remember the point guard's name, but he was fantastic defensively and one of the best players I've ever seen at drawing a foul by leaning in on a shot. And I, I don't quite remember his name, but anyway, the the young man from Phoenix, I'm not even going to say his name, but the young man from Phoenix in in the workout crosses over his dribble and a ball gets picked. And Doug lost his mind. I mean, literally just lost his mind. And, and, the, and he's screaming at this kid who's a freshman, and he's got a lot of expectations, and I think Doug kind of expected, hey, look, he can save the program. And, well, he was gone the next year. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. And I remember him then turning on everybody else and turning on one of the assistants, and I, I'm just sitting there watching practice, and Jerome Jordan looks over at me, and he makes eye contact. And Jerome and I sat across from each other on the plane a lot of times. And he looked over at me, and he just kind of shook his head, you know, yeah. and just kind of looked back. And uh, that from that point forward, they were never the same. And nothing again. Again, nothing against Doug, and I like those kids. Ben was a great kid. Jerome was fun. We were on one road trip, and Jerome was sitting next to me. Now we've got a seven-two or whatever it was, Jamaican center, right? And he's sitting next to me. And he's got his earpods. He's you know his his ear. They didn't have the iPods back there. The earphones. It was iPods, but he had the earphones in. Yeah. Uh, and I said, "What are you listening to?" And he he re- he rolled off a couple of names, and I had mine in. And I said, "Tell you what, let's switch iPods just for the just for this flight." A charter flight. I don't even remember where we were going. 
And he kind of looked at me like, uh, and you know I me, mean, I've told you before, I have a, my musical taste is weird. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got Broadway Everything. songs on there. <laughs> I've got Barry Manilow. I have, I have Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones. I mean, you, you name it, it's on there, right? You, you can find something. Yeah, it's on there. But it's really weird for a guy like him, I would mm-hmm. think. So we switched iPods. <laughs> And every now and then, and he had a lot of rap, and he had a lot of a lot of cool island music, right? And, mm-hmm. and I would look over every now and then and just get this look on his face, <laughs> like, "What are you doing? Where, where's my radio at?" <laughs> oh God, it was funny. And we we land, and I take uh, I take of course I we'd switch headphones, so I had mine, he has his, and I take mine out and I hand him the iPod and he hands me the other iPod and he goes, "I'm never doing that again." <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, it was funny, and, yeah. and then from that point forward, and I was trying. You know, I always, I've said before when I'm trying to keep relationships with players because they get the same age and I get older, or they they stay the same age and I get older as players come in and out. I'd always talk about food or their hometown. Well, then I started asking them things like, "What's the most embarrassing thing on your playlist?" Mm-hmm. And, which you know, that's a that's a fairly evergreen topic. You can do that, and I had fun with doing those kinds of things. And I told Jerome one day, I said, "I know yours. <laughs> we know and, now, right?" He says, "None of mine are embarrassing, but all of yours were." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's how. I mean, to me, the, the environment's changed a great deal in what people expect. Some of those guys can deal with that, and some can't. And I think that's going to be the thing going forward. You're you have to have be a program builder. You have to be a CEO. You got to certainly be a good recruiter and a high-profile guy people want to play for. And some of that's you, some of that's the program, but you have to do that. However, you got to be a psychologist. You got to be able to manage personalities and keep everybody happy, and that is really going to be tough going forward. It's eight thirty here on the Blitz eleven seventy. All right, when we come back. I'll get you the Kelsey brothers, and uh, again, I've edited this down. I also want you to hear the uh, citizens of Baltimore from the uh, retirement home telling (laughs) Taylor Swift what she should do when she was there. We'll get Lamar Jackson on Patrick Mahomes. All that coming up still right here on the Blitz 1170. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls came up short in heartbreaking fashion against Cincinnati 58-56 after a steal and layup in the final seconds for the Bearcats sealed the deal. The Cowgirls shot just 34% from the field. True freshman Staley Hurd led all scorers with 14 points. She added 11 rebounds for her second career double-double. The Oklahoma Sooners women's basketball team upset 10th-ranked Texas in Austin 91-87. Lexi Keys had 15 points for the Sooners. OU had just nine turnovers, half their season average. They'll host KU Saturday at 6 o'clock. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricane women's team has emerged as a serious AAC title contender after their 70-65 victory over Rice. Tulsa saw a 19-point lead disappear, but were able to hold on. Delaney Crawford scored 26 for the Golden Hurricane. Tamira Poindexter added 22 and 8 rebounds. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. 
We've heard from many of you today already at our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. That's the number for you to text and be a part of. We are in the Tulsa Oilers studio reminding you the Oilers, when they're at home, as they will be on Sunday, you have an opportunity to go out and skate on the ice with the players after the game. That's just part of what's going on this weekend. They've got Star Wars night tomorrow night. First thousand kids or anybody gets a free space sword. And then on, on Saturday, this is really fun. First thousand kids get a free youth jersey and it's Scooby-Doo night. And the Scooby-Doo jerseys are phenomenal. I have seen those. You might want to be a part of that. And then Family Fun Day, as I said, on the 28th. I'll also remind you, tomorrow night is the first Friday night Thunder night for Griffin. You can watch the game against the Pelicans at 7 o'clock, pregame 6.30, over the air, channel 6.3. Now, if you've got, a, you know, you've got an antenna, you got a digital antenna, that's really easy to get, right? And then uh, News on 6 Now, which is cable 53, and you can find it in other services as well. More information, including the full schedule right now at newson6.com slash Thunder Friday Nights. That's tomorrow night, first one of our we're going to really have them for Fridays really kind of through the rest of the year right here Every on Friday. Griffin. Yeah, which is really great. So uh, tune in for Thunder Friday nights here the folks at Griffin. What a great deal folks down there at Griffin did. We got, mm-hmm. always got a forward thinking company which is really cool. It's 8:37 Bryce Olson in the next room. I'm Rick Corey on this Thursday or as we call it other Friday. All right, so the Kelsey Brothers podcast yesterday. We played this a little earlier and I want to do it again cuz it's just fun. Jason Kelsey is everything right about athletics. He's everything right about football. He's everything right about every kind of athletic. Here is a family guy who certainly likes his fun. He didn't cuss in any of this, although I had to beep Travis <laughs> several times. But he's just, I mean, you know, what he did in Buffalo, he just became part of that. And that's the guy who plays for Philadelphia and, you know, gives his heart and soul for the Eagles. And we heard the story about him screaming my life every time they run the you know the brotherly (laughs) shove because it hurts so much and all that now maybe he's retired maybe he's not he hasn't really said it kind of sounded like he did after the game but he came out the next day and said i haven't yet but i'll make that decision however most of what i saw after that game when he went out and took shots in the parking lot with with the fans and then ripped off his shirt and did what he did from the box or from the luxury suite he's just a man of the people man and he yeah. sure looks like a guy who's retired, but hey, who knows? All right. So on their podcast, they had a 25-minute podcast. So full disclosure, I have edited this down to just talking about his post, his pregame and his during-the-game antics, if you will. So here is Jason and Travis Kelsey on how the whole thing came about, why he decided to go outside with the tailgaters, and why he decided that he had to have his shirt off. You got to talk about it, bud. Talk about what? You taking on Buffalo. Taken on Buffalo? You were damn near one with Bill's Mafia. You were you were taken in Buffalo. I'm not taking on anything. Taking it in. How was it, man? It was incredible. I mean, honestly, one of the most fun experiences I've ever had from start to finish. It was the Buffalo, Bill's Mafia. I do it's incredible. Here's what happened. I wanted to take my shirt out at the, off at the tailgate. And of because we kind of got pushed back on the tailgate front. I didn't get to have my shirt off out there. And then when I entered the box, I noticed, hey, I can jump out of this box and I'll be outside. And if I take my shirt off, then I'm outside and I'm part of the Buffalo Bills pageantry. And um, it just, I don't, dude, it was something about the entire day. I got caught up in the magic of Bills Mafia. It is, it is electric. Everybody's, dude, was... the energy, uh, the shenanigans, yeah. uh, and I'm like, you, I got to have my shirt off at some point. And I didn't yeah. get to do it beforehand. 
And I'm like, okay, well, I guess, and I can't just take my shirt off in the box. Like, who takes your shirt off on a box? It's heated. Like, you're not really doing it. Now you're, you're just having your shirt off in a, yeah. yeah of course you, yeah. Real cool. So I'm like, that's, you know what? So I'm going to do this. Is what I'm going to do. I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of this box. So then I'm out of the box and I have my shirt off. And then I can be like my Buffalo Bills mafia, fit, like compadres. I had no that's, idea. This is how this my mind works on, after 40 Miller Lights. I had <laughs> <laughs> a shot of who knows what the f*** out yeah, of the bowling yeah, ball. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get to more of you during the game. You celebrated my touchdown by taking off your shirt, screaming, jumping out of the suite, chucking a beer with the fans, then jumping back into the suite. That's correct. This is all accurate. I watched this and it was pure pandemonium. I'm not gonna lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. I, the moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. she said, Jason, don't you dare. And I said, hey, See, I'm thinking, you know I'm thinking it's like, that, I'm not uh, asking for permission. I'm doing this. <laughs> Once a Kelsey man's determined, there's no f- stopping him. And she was already telling me to be on my best behavior because we were meeting Taylor. So she's like, do not this is be hilarious. on your best behavior. I was like, Kylie, when I met you, the first day I met you, I was blacked out drunk and fell asleep at the bar. This is part of the charm. This is part of the Jason Kelsey charm. I want to make my best first impression. I want to make my best first impression. This is my best chance. My best first impression is the worst impression ever. So I I can just build from that point. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was classic. Oh, man. Well, Tay says she absolutely loved you. So Well, I felt like it was a scene out of old school where Will Ferrell's running. Dude, I got so many of those. We're going streaking. If, if some of these Bills Mafia would have said we're going streaking, I would have. I, I was full in on the Bills Mafia. I would have been right there with you. You would have been running down I was the block like Blink One Eighty Two. All the small things. I just. I don't know. I just got so caught up in the, everything. Tell you what, man. If you don't run for president, this all is just going to go to waste. <laughs> So he warned his wife, you know, and said and told Kylie he's going to do this and then did and became a man of the people there. That sounds like a guy who had the best day ever. And then and then his brother's team won. And of all of it, and I said this yesterday, of all of it, the absolute best was when after one of the touchdowns or I, I don't want one play. They cut to the box for Taylor Swift and they have a shot of her. But he's sitting behind her shirt still off beanie hat on beer in his hand lumberjack beard and an enormous smile looking at you like i know you're looking at me it was fantastic that was one with mahomes wife going over and hugging taylor yeah and you just see him in the background he completely took the spotlight even if he wasn't the main guy from that point on when he came out of the suite and everything was looking like a lumberjack like you said yeah he just took the spotlight every time they tried to find taylor it could not have been better what a an absolute uh fantastic uh, experience that was. All right. Uh, I mentioned something else that happened in Baltimore, uh, and this was and as uh, or something else that's happening this weekend, pardon me, in Baltimore. So as the Chiefs are preparing to go, somebody went to a retirement home there in, in Buffalo, or pardon me, in uh, Baltimore, and they ask all the folks, well, many of the folks who reside there, hey, send a message to Taylor Swift. So if she's coming this weekend, what would you do? Now, Nothing groundbreaking here. I just thought it was really sweet and fun. So here is several, here are, pardon me, several of the residents of this elderly care center in Baltimore with suggestions for Taylor Swift on what to do if she's there this weekend for the game. Taylor Swift, welcome to our great city of Baltimore. There is much for you to do and to see here. 
And while you're here, we hope that you will enjoy yourself immensely. And I have one more thing to say to you. Go Ravens! You must go to the aquarium. It's wonderful. What? Uh, grab a bite for you at Jimmy Seafood's Crab Cakes. If the weather is good, take a stroll around the inner harbor. Go get yourself a burger cookie. After the game, come back in the spring to see the Orioles in Camden Yards. If you arrive early on Sunday, stop at the Shirley's for breakfast. And then they ended up with the director at the end yelling, Go Ravens! And they all are screaming and yelling. I just thought it was the sweetest thing ever. And you know, every one of those folks, they were serious. Here's what you should do when you're here. Now, I can't imagine Taylor Swift showing up at the aquarium. It'd be a nightmare in there, even for the fish. Mm -hmm. Uh, She she just can't. I mean, that kind of, you'd have to close the thing down. And and she's strolling around the Inner Harbor. They're going to close the Inner Harbor down. I've been to their aquarium and to the Inner Harbor, and it is fantastic. And yes, the Mm. crab cakes up there are enough to make you slap your mama. They are so doggone good. So all those are great. Never been to breakfast at the place you mentioned, but all those things are great. I just thought it was the sweetest thing ever to see them do that. It's so genuine, right? Like, it's like, I don't care who you are. (laughs) I'm going to give you a a genuine recommendation. Yep. They all absolutely wanted to do that. One note we uh, didn't have a chance to get to, and this happened actually earlier in the week, Anthony Goodlow is uh, leaving Oklahoma State. You know, he's the guy who played at Tulsa and then played over at OSU this year and really played a lot late in the year. Uh, yeah. But he had actually had an Instagram post, I think it was, a little earlier this week, and I had just not gotten to that note, and I wanted to make sure I got it in there. And all it says is, thankful for the year, and, and I'm out. Yeah. So he is uh, he is going to be leaving, and he's a guy who's already been at Tulsa as well. And then I had this note. I thought this was pretty interesting as well. Uh, if you, like me, are a fan of college baseball, the new College Baseball Hall of Fame is going to be really close to here in a place we talked about yesterday, Overland Park. Hmm. Okay. Yep. This is going to be really cool. Uh, the chairman of the board for the National College Baseball Hall of Fame said this is, you know, we kept looking at other places. Now, Overland Park, if you think, why a small place? Well, it's part of Kansas City, literally. I mean, you're on yeah. the way into Kansas City. It's right there on your left. It's just part of Kansas City. Uh, and they already have other really fine establishments and some Hall of Fames there, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's, as I said yesterday, a really cool place to go visit. Now the Baseball Hall of Fame is going to be there, which I thought... That's a really, I, you know, and I you know, I think about the College Football Hall of Fame uh, and the NFL Hall of Fame, which I've actually been to in Canton, uh, and I've seen a smaller portion of the College Hall, not in the real one, and the one that's in Atlanta now, but I've seen a smaller portion. But I'd never really, honestly, thought much about the College Baseball Hall of Fame. But right. when you think back about the Will Clark's and Pete Cavillias and whoever else went through, mm-hmm. and you know the Robin Venturas and you know the guys, you know Clemens at Texas. You know, and yeah. guys like that, you think, hey, this got to be pretty fun. I'd love to know. I think they've just now de- decided. I don't know what they're, what kind of a build date they would be looking at, but that would really be fun. That's a really good get for them. You know, oh, yeah. It's, it's really cool to have things like that because it just adds to the different amenities that you can have in your, in your city. And speaking of Kansas City, we talked about them potentially moving Royal Stadium or, you know, Arrowhead. I mean, pardon me, Kaufman, which I don't even know what they call the damn thing now. Because <laughs> every time you turn around, somebody gives 10 extra dollars and they name it after you. <laughs> right. I wonder, too, I, I, it, on that same note, I was thinking, if they build this enormous complex in Oklahoma City, they're planning. Who gets naming rights for that? Oh my God! They got a lot of big businesses going in already. Mm-hmm. And what about the new arena itself? Does the the name arrangement you've made with your current arena 
transfer if it's, over? Yeah, if it's, say, <laughs> 10 years and you only spend five and you go to a new one, does it automatically transfer to that five? Because I would think you would want a little more cash for the new one. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen a situation that could be related to that. Wondered so. about that. Anyway, in Kansas City, uh, the legislatures there in Jackson County voted to override a veto by, you'll probably recognize this name, Frank White. Mm. You recognize that name? No. Okay. Oh, where is it? Right here. Hang on. Got some little knickknack. See that uh, Royals jersey? Okay. That number 20? Frank White was the second baseman for the Royals for many years, part of the Royal Royals Academy. He was on that World Series team, and he has been a politician, if you will, and a councilman there in Kansas City for a long time. But he's the Jackson County executive, and he vetoed mm. that. Well, they voted to override his veto. Now, he was a Royal. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you gotta think to yourself, A, he wants good things for the franchise, but B, he might have a kind of a tie to Kaufman, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where he played. They want a tax of three-eighths of a cent. It would be used under the current lease agreement, which is what they have for the upkeep of the Truman Sports Complex, which is Arrowhead and K, all that together. Uh, and they said they didn't think they were going to have enough votes, but now they have overridden that. So it does look for all the world, you know, look, if you want that moved, it's going to happen. Yeah. Whether or not you've got one executive against it or whatever, it's going to happen. You just have to You just have to see how. Well, they've just been blatant there and said, hey, Hell with it. We're going to do it. <laughs> and then we're going to raise the money to do it. And this time they got an eight to one approval vote. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Kaufman. I think it's really cool. And I've always thought, look, just keep working with what you have right there. It's in a really good place. I know it's not downtown like a lot of new places are now. Yeah. But honestly, I've been to the Sprint Center to do a game downtown. And, you know, that can be an issue. Now, not for it's us. It's crowded. Yeah, well, it's not for us because, you know, we might get media parking. But, I mean, if you're a fan going to a game that's not easy of course try yeah. to go to the staples center <laughs> that's oh in the square that's in the middle of la right off the 10 freeway which there's no room right there i mean it's it, parking's as much as a damn ticket in some cases mm-hmm. so I, I you know i love downtowns and i think it's cool when you go do that and it's great having one oak right over here but yeah. i can't you know and in, in, in where they're talking about in kansas city there's room I just really like where they are. I mean, maybe yeah, it's, it's right in, in the outskirts, you know. Yeah, well, they're not really in the outskirts, but they're right there before you get to downtown, and they are in the crossroads of three major highways, and it is so easy to get in and out. And you've got a great bones, but I, I at the same time kind of understand, even though I really don't like it. It's eight fifty here on the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. I'm going to get you uh, Lamar Jackson uh, when he was asked, "Hey." What do you like about going up against Patrick Mahomes? You might be surprised by the answer. We'll get it to you coming up next right here on The Blitz. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170. It's streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder were winners over the San Antonio Spurs last night, 140-114. to It was a battle of the bigs. Chet Holmgren had 17 points, 9 rebounds for the Thunder. Victor Wimbanyama had 24 and 12 for the Spurs. Also, SGA had 32 points and 10 assists. And last night for the Arkansas Razorbacks, they never led in their blowout loss at Ole Miss, 77-51. to It was the fifth double-digit loss for Arkansas in conference play. Arkansas only made 17 of 51 shots from the field and had 14 turnovers. 
They'll host sixth-ranked Kentucky on Saturday. And Michigan Wolverines head coach Jim Harbaugh is leaving the school to be the next head coach for the L.A. Chargers, the team announced yesterday. Harbaugh's deal is for five years. Harbaugh played for the Chargers for two seasons in 1999 and 2000. He hasn't coached in the NFL since 2014. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Several of you have done that today, and we appreciate you hitting the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Uh, Bryce and I, myself, right here inside the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I, of course, we've got the NFL games coming up this weekend. KC Baltimore is the early game at 2, Detroit, San Francisco at 530. And I said yesterday, we have MVP quarterbacks under 30 playing in a conference championship for the first time ever. Mm. That's really kind of cool to have these guys to watch that high level. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I've always really liked Lamar Jackson's skill set. I just see him growing into a more confident, more matured quarterback this year. And I've always thought he could throw it. He can certainly run it. Uh, But he just seems like a better leader this year. And I thought he's been showing some of that because there's a lot of media attention, obviously. And he's had a lot of attention in the past, and it's always been, hey, how come you guys can't go ahead and win it? How come you guys can't go ahead and win it? Well, they're still on the path, and he might get those questions after Sunday. Who knows? But someone asked him specifically about playing against Mahomes because that's what everybody wants to see and says, hey, what do you like about playing against Patrick Mahomes? I don't like competing against him at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, it's just, I believe it's just two, two, two greats, um, up-and-coming greats, just going toe-to-toe. You know, like a heavyweight fight. Yeah, I, I love the fact he was that honest. Well, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would love to be playing against Mitch Trubisky, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not. Pretty right? straightforward, too, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, but I'm not. I thought that was kind of fun. And I do like, personally, I think he is, I don't know, I just see a different maturity level from him. It's, you know, he's got a great defense. We understand that. But he, I've just, I have just seen that. And even though yeah, they have good receivers, but they have more. I like the depth in their receiver crew. We talked, of course, about Kansas City yesterday with our old friend Harold up in KC. And even though you look at them and they don't have Tyreek, Rasheed Rice has been really good. Kelsey's always a go-to. So you, you know, certainly though, you know, Kelsey's the superstar, if you will. But I look at Baltimore's receiver group, and even though I think it was one or two catches for OD OBJ last week. Yeah. Um, they were big catches. He made, you know, he had a first down catch or two. So I think everybody's contributing, which yeah. I really like. And I do like John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I think he's another guy who does a really good job, very differently than his brother <laughs> and very differently than his dad. Because if you see Mr. Harbaugh, Jim is him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the exact same. Yeah, they're the same guy. Uh, John seems quite different. I mean, so you, you get you got to understand, too, and, and I'm sure you've been around it either in your siblings. I don't have any siblings personally. My mom had me and said, that's ugly and it hurts. I'm done. Uh, so I don't have siblings. But most people who do, you know that you know there was always one who was a little bit different. Yep. I've got three children, and they're vastly different. <laughs> you know, and, and so I can see this. I see John, and when I see Mr. Harbaugh, Jack, I see, oh, that's Jim. Yep. And then I see John and go, okay, you're the one who never could speak there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say so. But he was taking it all in. Oh yeah, I think I think so too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how their uh, 
how their competition goes now that they're both back in the NFL. Yep, absolutely. All right, that's going to about do it for us. Remember to tune into the show with Pop and Colby this afternoon, 3 to 6. There's been news breaking every day, 3 to 6, so tune into them. you got Dan Patrick next, and then, of course, you got Rich Eisen. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Morning Blitz. We'll have a lot of NFL tomorrow, and who knows what other kind of surprises we might have. Plus, there's a little song we want to play on Fridays that we always do. Until then, have a wonderful Thursday. It's going to be almost 50 degrees outside there, so enjoy that. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow, right here on The Blitz.